0: Make it, make it, fine, it, no it is Rob Doster is the founder of the field of 68 oh, yeah. field of 12 friend of the show he joins us now Rob what's up man? what's going
1: on man how we doing?
0: Uh, we're just uh, uh, we're mapping out the uh, national championship parade after the Tigers rolled Vandy on the road.
1: I'll tell you what, man. I, I, I was talking with someone about this earlier today. I don't know if there was a team that I was more impressed with based on what I thought they were going to be coming in than uh, than Memphis was playing at Vanderbilt. Look, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I might have overrated Vanderbilt a little bit. I think Jerry Stackhouse is a tremendous X's and O's coach, and I thought that he would find a way to make up for losing Scottie Pippen Jr. Uh, and maybe I kind of overestimated that, especially early on in the season. But I'll tell you what. The, the way that Memphis can get out there and guard, the way that they have, like, 19 guys that feel like they're between 6'6 and 6'9 that can guard literally anybody. Every single one of them has a wing stand that is about 13 feet. It's, it's really impressive what they can do on the defensive end of the floor. And I do think that bringing in, um, bringing in Kendrick is is something of a game-changer, right? Because now you actually have, like, all due respect, to Alex and all the Max, now you actually have a dude that is, like, a real legitimate playmaking point guard out there on the roster.
2: What, what do you just make of, in terms of, it's them and Houston, and, and I've asked you how good Houston's going to be this season. We know everybody's got high expectations of them. But just the conference itself, because it feels like, Rob, like this non-conference portion of Memphis's schedule, the Vandys and the other four SEC opponents on the, on the non-con, it's so critical, right, because he doesn't have much except for Houston in the conference in terms of getting quality wins so just do you see the AAC is the same way is, is there another team in there you know whether it's a Cincy or somebody in there that you feel like could step up and give you a couple of quality wins in terms of the rest of this conference and or is it just Houston and Memphis I
1: I, I think Cincinnati is going to be pretty good um oh. I got faith in in Wes Miller and finding a way to to make it work um he's got a bunch of high major players on that roster uh I mean one of your uh your your former Tigers down there, Lamis Nolly. Yep. Um, they got the the, the Michigan kid, uh, David Ju, the the Julius, Julius you say his name? And then they have a point guard that transferred in from Indiana named Rob Finnessy. So they're they're not bad. I actually think that they are they're going to be a tournament team. Okay. Um, and I do think that Tulane is someone to keep an eye on. Like I, I just kind of blindly trust Ron Hunter to find a way to figure things out. Uh, so I, I think that they're going to find a way to, to be pretty good. I don't know if they're going to be a tournament team, but I think that they, they will be a team where if you would beat them on the road, you're going to get a quad one win out of it. But the the biggest issue is just kind of what the bottom of the conference is, right? And we yeah. see it in the Atlantic 10. We see it in the Mountain West. To a point, we like kind of see it with the Pac-12, right, where the teams at the bottom of the league are just so bad that simply playing those games brings we'll down computer them. numbers. Yeah. Like you, you can beat them by 60. And it's still going to bring down your computer numbers just because they're not, they're not necessarily good enough, right? So I think that is a bigger issue. Like, you just, you have no room for error when you're going up against, like, all-due. I love Mike Schwartz, when you're going up against the East Carolina, when you're going up against a South Florida, you know? And, and, you know, Temple doing things like losing their opener, and that's certainly not going to help you here. But uh, to your point, the, the larger point that you're making, where Memphis has to get stuff done in non-conference play, like, they've got to get it done. It's not just the SEC teams, man. Like, St. Louis, that game yeah. on Tuesday at St. Louis, like, you could lose that game. See, do people realize? Do you guys realize how good St. Louis is? Oh, they yeah. got four guards that are legit.
2: We've, we've been yeah, giving them Ken, their love. Ken, Ken Palm's got them projected to lose that game to St. Louis, so we're, we, we get it down here. St. Plus, St.
0: That, I mean, it's that, it's that, that place is going to be friggin' jumping.
2: Yes. They can yeah, win the A-10, right, Rob? You, you got them or Dayton. I, both, either one can I, win the A-10, right?
1: I think St. Louis is better than Dayton. I hear you. But I, I think, I, but this is going to be a great gauge for them to kind of figure out, like if if what I'm seeing actually makes sense. But I think Dayton's like a top. Four, I'm sorry, St. Louis is like a top twenty team. They got a, they got a point guard wow. named Yordi, but against a, a good Murray State team coached by Steve Prone, 14 assists, zero turnovers. Yeah, he's good. They had Gibson Jimerson went for 20. He averaged 16 points a game last season. And the reason he was able to get enough shot to average 16 points a game is that last year's preseason Atlantic 10 Player of the Year, Javante Perkins, did not play with torn ACL. Perkins is back. They also brought in Javon Pickett, who averaged 11 points a game last season, at Missouri in the SEC. They got a five-man named Francis Zakora, who was a top-40 prospect, coming out of high school and played at, uh, played at Oregon. Big physical difference maker. Right? Like, just imagine uh, Malcolm Dandridge, maybe a little bit thinner. Um, that kind of impact. There, A kid named Fred Thatcher does everything. They, they added a very, very, very good basketball team. And that's to say nothing. Like VCU is good too, right? Yep. VCU is, is really going to go. That's, VCU playing Memphis is going to be fun, man. Now that I thing about it, you, you got to bring your big boy pants for that game.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of those on the on the Memphis schedule. I, don't, I know you're not in the Chicago area, Rob, but uh, you know if you if you could get there to for tonight's game uh, between Loyola and UIC, you would you'd be able to join the. Uh, DeMaria Franklin protest for uh for for the University of Memphis DeMaria Franklin former UIC flame is being held hostage by Yaklich is not getting the uh is not getting the waiver why do coaches still do this in 2022
1: it's it's complicated i like i don't know the specifics of what's going on with uh with but I do know that there are situations where there are uh, schools, and there the university policy is they will not sign a waiver if it's a is it the runoff waiver? He won't. Sign yeah, a it correct. Yeah, anymore. yeah. There's there's uh, I know that CN is going through this right now, and it's just a school policy where if if it is not a runoff, they are not going to sign it and say that it was a runoff, right? And I don't agree with that. You know, if I was if Luke asked me if the UIC athletic director asked me, I said it's not worth the damage that you would do, um, like on the recruiting trail, for people paying attention to it, it's just it, you're going to get – it's nothing but bad publicity. There's no positive that comes out of it, right? But at the same time, I, I do understand where there's the, the guys in the suits where they're saying, well, if it wasn't a runoff, then I'm not going to say that it was a runoff. And it's it's tough. I would, if I was them, I was sign. Like, why 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 not? What's the point? Do you, what benefit is UIC getting out of this? Nothing. All right.
2: Uh, I was just thinking about what you're you're saying and hoping that that you're going to be right that Cincinnati's a tournament team. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in conference from them for them though next year Rob when Cincy and Houston are both gone to the to the Big 12 and you I mean you talking about Ron Hunter, we're going to need Ron Hunter to be darn good. Penny is and what what would you what do you do? I mean it feels like Cal and USA your non-conference is going to have to be jacked. Right, because yeah, it's, it's, there's going be to be nothing for, for you. Right, they're going to have to deal with a Gonzaga, Gonzaga type does. deal.
1: Yep. Yeah, they play everybody, everybody that will play you. I like Every that. Other major team that will play you. Yeah. Which will be fun. The only like the the, the part that's going to be hard about that is
2: if if no going to
1: start doing if any's going to do the thing where he, like he brings freshmen in again. Right. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, the reason why it works in some of these power programs is you can take your lumps early and you still have the ability to build a resume. That's get a great point.
2: A That's a great point.
1: Yeah. The problem is if you're going to start adding these like five-star 18- or 19-year-olds and you're going to get beat up on early, you're not going to be able to kind of make up that ground once you get back into league play.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that
1: we saw that in the – what was the year that they won the NIT? Was that 21? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Where they, I mean, by the end of the year, they were very clearly a top-30 team in America. But they didn't have the resume to say that they were a top-30 team yep. in America. So that, that's going to be tough. But at the same time, I think that's actually a better thing. Like, you're not going to have the same level of hype if you don't get these kind of, like, 19-year-old potential top-ten picks. But look at who's winning national titles, right? Look at the way that these teams are built. Mm-hmm. Bill Self just won one because he turned a three-star Shia Baji and a three-star Christian Brown into first-round picks. Uh, the year before that, Baylor won with a bunch of guys that were, like, transfers and cast-offs who ended up being first-round picks. Um, Look at what Villanova was in in 2018 and 2016, right? Jalen Brunson was a McDonald's All-American, but the rest of those dudes are like top 75, top 100 guys that stayed around for three or four years and became 22-year-old lottery picks. Same thing with Virginia in 2019. Those are the teams that win. And I think if you kind of look at the way this Memphis roster is built, like we've joked about this before, they have like five dudes on that roster that can go out and rent a car right now. So I, I think that that there is more teams that are kind of built like this, where maybe you get the best transfer on the market instead of going out and getting the best freshman on the market.
2: Why, why you gotta say it like that, Rob? Like you know, put it like they can rent cars, they're that old. They're have. old, man. Like that. You know, nah, Deontay
1: Williams is older than Jason I, I, Tatum. It's yeah. all, and I, I love um, it, man. Like he's <laughs> the best players around forever. Right, why but, but who would you rather
0: them? have though? Who would you rather have DeAndre Williams or Jason Tatum? exactly you'd rather have deAndre williams if you need if you need somebody to win an AAC <laughs> game right now, who would you take you would take deandre I mean, williams
1: I, what's what's Jason Tatum's record in the aAC he's never
0: he's never won a single game his whole career in the AAC.
1: Yeah, he's never won a game in the aAC his Unproven. entire career. DeAndre Williams playing for Memphis is thirty six and twelve. you know what Memphis is without him That's right. seven and seven.
0: That's right. And that's Memphis. probably against a lot of, like... Memphis
1: has never won a game, or never lost a game with, uh, without, without Jason Tatum. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. DeAndre Williams is, without a doubt, a better AEC basketball player than Jason Tatum. He's a Could
0: ever be. It's inarguable. Could ever dream of being. Yeah,
1: could ever you know? dream
0: of being. I, I just want, I want to remind
2: people of that. Might try to bring him back for another year.
0: Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll roll the red up. carpet out. We're talking to Rob Doster, founder of Field of 68, here on the show. Okay, true or false, Kenny Payne. Is what Penny Hardaway would be if he couldn't coach.
1: <laughs> no, I. Well, uh, Kenny Payne, man, what are you doing? Why? That's, look, look, you can't Payne. tell
0: me. I was watching Louisville. I was like, that's what Memphis basketball could have been like, right? They lost yeah. to Bellarmine at home. I saw it. Uh, they they, they, they damaged. they lost their exhibition, too, yeah. right? Yeah. I I yeah. had the thought. Look, I was like. Here, here's
1: the thing. Hey. I'm not ready to say Kenny Payne can't coach for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I think just. The, the reason this team is going to be bad is because I think that he handled the transfer market very poorly. Like, there's no, they, they don't have a single point guard on the roster. How do you go and, how are you going to build a team in the year of our Lord 2022 without a point guard on the roster? They have, like, three guards on their entire roster. Uh, that's, that's why they're going to struggle. Um, I think part of that is because they were trying to figure out what the sanctions were going to end up being and whether or not they were going to have the, the postseason ban or whatever. But, like, come on, man, what are we doing? How do you not have a point card on your roster? Mm-hmm. It, it makes it makes no sense. So to me, that's the biggest issue is he didn't build his team right. And the one thing you can say about Penny is at least he's building these teams right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, Kenny, I don't think that Penny gets anywhere near enough credit for how good of a coach he is. Yep. There's a lot of, People will be like, yeah, they can't score, but they're top five defensively. You know how hard it is to coach defense and get a bunch of kids to buy in? And every year. On that right,
2: right. He's doing it every year now, too, defensively. Yeah, and he did like, it with, like, 18-year-olds. A culture.
1: Yep. Yeah, they, they couldn't they couldn't score when they had pressure to but it. But you tell you what, no one one's going on them. Mm-hmm. So that, this idea that Penny can't go, I don't know how that became a thing,
0: right? Well, because like maybe just...
1: he's not. Maybe well, he's well, because not, it's the former player,
0: thing. it's the former high profile player. Everybody just assumes because the majority of them, and I guess it's a it's a fair assumption, the majority of them have not done well. That they just, oh, he's the but, le- he's the next in line. But,
1: but here's the thing. Here's the thing. If Penny's name was John Martin, right? If Penny's name was John Martin, then what we would be saying about him is like, man, this way, this, this guy grinded his way up. Mm-hmm. Did not he start as like an eighth grade JV girls basketball coach or something, and then just kept getting another job and another job and working his way up? And that that was that was, that was Hugh coach?
0: Freeze. This, is, but, but but Penny did do eighth grade middle school boys. He did do Lester Middle.
1: Yeah, so he like he just he kind of worked his way up from the bottom, and, and we would be celebrating that if his name wasn't Penny Hardaway and he didn't have a hundred million dollars now. He, he has 100 million dollars, and he is Penny Hardaway. But I, I, I think that it, his narrative is kind of, uh, it's kind of distorted based off of what he actually is and what his career has been as a coach.
2: Uh, you mentioned that you believe Jerry Stackhouse, good ex as an old coach. You've said that you believe Penny Hardaway is a good coach. Is, is coaching the issue with Big Pat with with Georgetown? And I haven't watched enough of him, Rob. To have a uh, to have a strong opinion, if that's the issue, obviously there have been a ton of them there with Georgetown. W- what's up with Big Pat? I- is he not a good coach?
1: Um, there, I think there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, if you remember back to 2018, 2019, uh, he actually had a Georgetown team that looked like it was going to be pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. James Akinjo was the point guard. Mac, uh, Mac McClung was there on that roster. They had Josh LeBlanc. They had. Um, they had Omer Yurt seven. Like they had they went probably seven deep with a bunch of guys that, that were good enough to, to make some noise in the big East, right? Like I, I remember going into that season being like this is gonna this is a team that's got a chance to make the tournament. Okay. And if you remember what happened, some guys got into legal trouble, uh Mac McClung and James Akinjo couldn't stop fighting, they just couldn't get along and the thing kinda of blew up in the space. Mm-hmm. And it's kinda of been all downhill since then. Yeah. So um I, I don't I think that he is gonna like it's complicated because one, there's a certain level of expectation at Georgetown that is difficult to achieve, and I don't know if you guys have ever been to a game at Georgetown, Jason. I'm pretty sure that you have. I remember yep. watching. Uh, yep. Didn't we watch um, Memphis lose by 25 there? with yes. Josh Pastner. Yes, we did. And he held him in. Held him in the locker room for, for like, four hours after the game. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that building, when when Georgetown isn't good, it's almost impossible to get any kind of an atmosphere because it's it's an NBA arena, but. One, the traffic in DC makes it almost impossible to get to get down there for people that are not able to get on public transportation. Mm-hmm. And two, there's no public transportation that will take you from the Georgetown campus to the arena downtown. So, the, like, there's it's just it's a, it's a nightmare to actually get to the games. Yeah. And uh, then what happens is you play in this completely stale environment. Like, what player wants to go play in a silent arena? Like, the whole reason college basketball is awesome is because uh, the environment that you play in. Um, so you play in like this empty NBA gym, and you just have no quarter court advantage. You combine that with the fact that um, he's there's no grind for somebody that is worth nine figures to get out on the recruiting trail, right? It's gonna the salary that he makes from Georgetown has no impact on his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a bit of a problem too. And uh, I, I think they will be better this year. Um, they got a kid named Brandon Murray from LSU who can really, really play. A um, Coca Cook, former five-star UConn transfer, so they got they have better players in the program right now. And they he went out and hired a staff, Kevin Nickelberry, remember him from LSU? Like he's going to be able to get dudes into the program. So we'll see what happens as they kind of get talent back in. But can you imagine? Imagine being the Georgetown AD that has to go to Patrick Ewing, the greatest player in the history of that program, one of the greatest players in the history of the Big East, that one of. The guy that kind of made Hoya paranoia, Hoya paranoia, and you got to go in there and you got to tell him, "Hey, man, look, it's not working. You can't be the coach at Georgetown anymore." I, I would not want to be that guy. I would just love to coach forever instead of having that conversation. Yeah,
2: no, that's uh, like Memphis had to tell Larry Finch at one time, "You're not the guy." You know, it's, it's, after it's, what he had done for the program. Yep, but, it's you know, tough. Man. It's awful.
0: It's and that's the other side of it. Hey, Rob, man, we appreciate you as always. Thank you brother. so much, Rob.
1: Thank you. Hey, I'm going to go back to sweating out the under in this Fairfield-New Hampshire game because there's afternoon basketball on. I had to bet on it. I love it, man.
0: Hope you hit it. Thanks, brother. (laughs) Later, guys. Yep. He is Rob Doster, founder of Field of 68. Always appreciate his time.
2: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand.